6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Welcome back to The Drive. The Prosperity Project is out with its second annual report card on gender diversity and leadership. And the report shows corporate Canada still has quite a bit of work ahead regarding advancing gender and racial diversity at the leadership level of Canada's largest organizations. Sylvia Gonzalez-Amora joins us this afternoon to dig into the details of this report. Sylvia, by the way, is the National Inclusion and Diversity Practice Leader, also a partner at KPMG. Canada. Sylvia, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Before we get into the findings of this year's report, Sylvia, uh, maybe off the top, if you could, um, maybe please explain what exactly the Prosperity Project's report card on gender and racial diversity and leadership exactly is. Thank you so much, Ted. Well, the Prosperity Project is a uh, organization that has looked into the diversity and representation of women in corporate Canada uh, since the pandemic started. So uh, given the profound impact that this could generate into women's lives, uh, we started the process to understand with data collection and evidence-based insights what's happening with the women in the leadership roles. So this is the second year that we produce the annual report card, and it's basically called the Zero Report, looking at how the women are represented at the board level and executive levels. And this year we've also included directive level reports to senior managers, for example. Oh, okay. So we're talking about, you know, corporate directors, executive officers, senior management, uh, and I guess people on the road to senior management. Is that right, Sylvia? Yes, absolutely. And that's a great point. So the people on the road would be called the talent pipeline. So we're able Ah. to match. Well, how many are ready for the roles or expecting to be promoted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what exactly are the conclusions from this year's report, the second report? Well, the second report is actually showing a little bit of improvement uh, because the first report was just understanding women. Uh, but we also started looking at the detailed levels. For example, we added intersectionality and there's a lot of work to be done still. There's some improvements that are urgent at this point in Canada. For example, uh, to give you a, a sense of perspective, the black women that are represented in this report are 0.5% um, from what we can have as uh, board executives or pipeline roles in corporate Canada. So definitely not having even a 1% is so, so small. And the same happens with LGBTQ2S plus uh, women or women with disabilities or Indigenous women. They're all below the 1%. Uh, That's the intersectionality aspect you're talking about, where it's not just gender, but also gender and one other quantifier? Exactly, that's correct. I see. Okay, okay. Women can identify in different ways, so not necessarily it's a clear cut, uh, because the same woman can be black and can be LGBTQ, for example. Sylvia, this this is interesting to me because... I thought, and, and you know, I've done, I've had, I've had many conversations with people on this show about how, uh, you know, ESG issues, right, environmental, social, and mm-hmm. governance issues within companies. So I, I was actually expecting when this report came out that we would see a bit more progress. Uh, was the was the report this year surprising for you? 
absolutely. It's very surprising because the more and more we hear that boards are collectively focusing on ESG reporting, understanding that S in ESG, which is the social focus, and that's directly aligned to the diversity and inclusion in your organization. And seeing that there hasn't been a lot of progress, that it's still very minimum the amount of, of women that we see in these roles, it, it was unexpected. And obviously, we hope that this is an eye-opening uh, point for organizations that are participating, but also for the ones that are not participating still in the survey, that there's still a lot of work to do. But it's a great first step if you start measuring at least how many you have. Yeah, because if you're measuring it, then your eyeballs get on it, right? And you have some perspective, right, Sylvia? Absolutely. If you don't measure things, sometimes they don't get done. That's <laughs> so true. So true. So so what do you think, Sylvia, th uh, needs to happen to kind of uh, nudge companies along to doing better on this? Well, in my practice, what I see with organizations that are able to move the dial, uh, they start with courageous conversations around why don't we have women representatives in these roles. And there may be some awareness of maybe unconscious bias. And there could be as well a need to educate the decision makers in terms of the value of the diversity of talent and just the creativity, the innovation. And there's so many benefits coming from organizations that are able to see their talent from every diverse angle they can, not just gender. But of course, if we start with gender, at least we have that opportunity to recognize 50% of our population in Canada. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And so, and so, looking ahead, of course, there's going to be a report next year. Sylvia, for you, uh, what are you going to be looking for that, that is a definite sign of progress? I would focus on the lowest numbers. If we can help our Indigenous women, if we can represent more LGBTQ2S plus women, and the Black women are also at least reaching a one-digit uh, understanding that this time uh, change will probably uh, take some mindset change as well. And it's definitely something to, to consider. If we are responding to just the organic growth of boards and the traditional retirement plans and not necessarily putting an emphasis on building our female talent pipeline, we won't change this fact. It won't change if we don't do something about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I fully agree. Uh, thank you so much, Sylvia, for your, your perspective this afternoon. Thank you for this. Thank you very much for the invitation, Ted. Uh, you're welcome. Ha have a great evening. That's Sylvia Gonzalez-Zamora, a national inclusion and diversity practice leader, also a partner at KPMG Canada, uh, talking about the Prosperity Report. Uh, this was the second annual report card this year on gender and racial diversity in leadership roles, and the report says that co Corporate Canada still has a lot of work to do regarding advancing gender and racial diversity at the leadership level in our largest organizations, talking about you know, corporate directors, uh, executive officers, senior management, and, of course, the pipeline to senior management, people kind of working through the process and toward a senior management role. It'll be interesting to see what comes around in the third annual report from uh, KPMG, uh, the Prosperity Project. Okay, uh, when we come back on the drive, going to set you up for the, uh, can the the women's hockey gold medal game that's happening tonight. Nine o'clock puck drop. Canada is taken on the United States. I'll get you ready for that hockey game in just a minute on the drive because it is time for a break. You're listening to The Drive. My name is Ted Henley.
For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.